I'm Sarah, and you're listening to the AWC City Voice Podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington's cities. We're now more than halfway through the 2023 legislative session, and just past the House of Origin cutoff. Today, the City Voice Podcast talks with AWC's Government Relations Director, Candace Bach, to get the latest news from the Hill, including an update on some of the bills that have died or taken on new life. Candace talks middle housing, police pursuits, and budgets, too. Let's get into it. Hi, Candace. Can you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about where we are in this long 105-day session? <laughs> well, hello. Um, I'm Candace Bach, Government Relations Director for the Association of Washington Cities. And um, we are a little p- ways past the halfway point of this long 105-day session. Um, so we're, we're in the second half. Um, for those who want a sports analogy, I'm terrible <laughs> at them. But um, Right now, we have passed one of the major cutoffs, which is the House of Origin cutoff, where bills have to have passed out of the house they were introduced in initially, their House of Origin, to be considered alive and to continue moving through the legislative process. Now, of course, there's caveats with that as um, the rules can be changed. And um, some bills that are considered necessary to implement the budget um, are not subject to any of those cutoff deadlines. But we're, we're past that first major cutoff of the House of Origin. And now bills that made it through are being heard in the opposite House. So House bills are being heard in the Senate. Senate bills are being heard in the House. And they're essentially repeating the process. Um, so they're doing policy committee hearings right now, fiscal committee hearings, and we kind of start all over again. Um, the next major cutoffs are coming up. Um, March 29th is the policy committee cutoff. Uh, for for bills to get out of their policy committee. And then April 4th is the fiscal committee cutoff for the opposite house. So so the bills have narrowed ever so slightly, the number of bills, and um, we're continuing to work on a lot of really important bills for cities still. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, What are some of the bills that are moving through the House and Senate right now? And what's, what's on the hot sheet? Yeah, so our weekly hot sheet has gotten shorter. That's one of the good uh, features of being past House of Origin cutoff. Um, Mostly good news for us, a little bit of bad news and some bills that we really wanted to see advance didn't, but it's nice to have a hot sheet that's only two pages long. And a hot sheet that right now only has two bills that we're opposed to, so that's really nice to have um, narrowed that that collection. But some of the bills we're really focused on still um, revolve around some of our priorities. Um, in the public safety arena, we've been working hard to pass a bill um, that would revise the restrictions on police pursuits and Interestingly enough, we had one of those situations where the rules got modified and the the House bill, House Bill 1363 on pursuits, was stuck in the House and wasn't going to pass. And the Senate revived a bill that had been considered dead 
and passed it out, um, Senate Bill 5352. It passed on with a bipartisan vote, kind of an equal almost number of Republicans and Democrats, which is pretty unusual. Uh, We're just really pleased to see that the legislature kept that policy uh, alive to keep working on and we're back working on it in the House. So that's Senate Bill 5352. Uh, Another bill that we've been working on quite a bit is Senate Bill 5536. That's the bill that responds to the Blake decision and clarifies um, the crime of drug possession and really focuses on getting people diverted into treatment options as opposed to um, criminal, criminal penalties, but does allow for criminal penalties if somebody is refusing treatment. So we're um, pleased to see that bill advance. It's another bill that came out of the Senate on kind of a unique bipartisan vote where it was an equal number of Democrats and Republicans um, coming together to pass the bill. And uh, so we're, we're pleased to see those two. Um, I know our uh, city members have been really interested in housing issues this session. And um, I think we've done a whole podcast on housing in the past and we'll probably do another one. Um, But we've been making good progress on the the middle housing bill, House Bill 1110. Um, That's over in the Senate now and um, continue to work with the bill sponsor and others to address the, the outstanding concerns that we've had with how broad that bill was initially, um, it really, we're hoping that it will focus a little bit more on where density increases accommodating middle housing in residential zones occur. But um, I think we're on a pretty good trajectory there. So another bill of note regarding housing is House Bill 1628. This bill would create a new um, real estate excise tax authority for cities to help fund affordable housing. Also a new state tier of REIT to generate uh, funding for affordable housing. And um, does some other kind of technical fixes to harmonize the existing REIT authority for cities. Uh, it's a bill that we think is really important for funding purposes for affordable housing. Um, it did pass out of its fiscal committee, but it's still sitting in the House waiting action. Um, we believe that it's a bill that could be considered necessary to implement the budget, so it's not technically dead, even though it didn't ma- uh, pass that magical cutoff point. But um, We still want to keep pushing on that bill uh, to advance it. Again, probably part of the budget discussions. And then finally, um, I'll just uh, wrap up with maybe I shouldn't on a a down note, but House Bill 1670 was the bill that would have revised the property tax cap for local governments. Um, It would have allowed, instead of the current 1% cap, it would have tied the cap to inflation, population growth up to 3%. That bill did pass out of the House Finance Committee, but didn't get any further than that. And it doesn't look like it will at this point. Um, You know, stranger things have happened, but it just doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. So that's some of our priority bills that we've been watching. Uh, Again, encourage folks to check out our hot sheet each week for updates and um, our legislative bulletin for kind of a roundup on where bills are at and, and the details of what they do. Okay, I know you mentioned sort of um, NTIB and that there's some budget stuff coming down the pike. Do you want to say anything about what's happening soon in terms of preparing for budget news? Um, What can you tell us about that process? That's a great question. We've been really focused on the policy bills and the budget 
things have sort of been on the back burner, happening behind the scenes, but that's all about to change. The revenue forecast is going to signal the start of that big budget process. This is the budget year when the legislature has to adopt the biennial budgets for the next two years uh, for the operating budget, um, also called the general fund, the transportation budget, and the capital budget. Those will follow the revenue forecast very closely. We expect them out um, soon, uh, starting with the Senate and then followed very quickly by the House and then negotiations start. So typically each body, the House and the Senate, pass their respective budget. They go off and the budget writers negotiate what the final budget will end up looking like. It's looking like um, relatively good news in terms of the revenue forecast and what we're expecting, um, no wild swings. Of course, there's some concern about the impact of continued high inflation, continued high interest rates. And of course, the current issues around the, the banking industry may factor into things as well. But um, we're expecting that you know to be a relatively good news and that will impact what the budget writers have to work with and what they put forward. Earlier in February, in anticipation of the budget writers doing their work, AWC sent a letter to them outlining our priorities um, for their uh, for their budget and, and our requests and encourage people to check out that letter. It highlighted things like funding for diversion programs and municipal courts um, related to the Blake response, um, uh, continued funding for affordable housing, especially um, things like infrastructure funding and fully funding the public works assistance account, as well as ongoing needs like um, funding for fish barrier removal, funding for law enforcement training. So um, some, some things that you would expect cities to be highlighting in terms of uh, state budget funding. Let's watch the space on that one. Um, so what would you say members could do right now to help move some of these issues forward and to prepare for that budget drop? Great question. You know, we're always asking our members to stay engaged with the legislative process. It's difficult, we know, because it is a long 105-day session. So that's a long time to stay engaged, particularly when they're busy with uh, running things um, at home and at City Hall. So I would just ask that they continue to meet with their legislators, keep those conversations going, use our hot sheet, use our legislative bulletin to highlight things with their legislators. Um, go back and take a look at that budget letter that we submitted, and um, we'll be putting out information summarizing their budget proposals. Use those to talk to their members um, and ask their legislators to talk to their leaders and their budget writers about what's important to cities uh, as they're crafting those documents. And just, um, you know, stay strong. Uh, I mentioned in the beginning, like we're in the second half and we've got to finish strong um, and uh, not get tired before it's all over. So stay strong all the way to the end and um, keep up the work. We've really appreciated the engagement of our cities um, from around the state and ask that they just keep it up for a few more weeks here um, until signee die on April 23rd. And will you still be doing your Friday action calls? Yes, absolutely. Each Friday um, until the end of session, we'll be doing those at 1230. They're really quick updates on what's going on and our hot sheet and anything folks want to ask questions about. Those are great opportunities to uh, find out a little bit more and give us your feedback as well. The AWC City Voice podcast is a production of AWC, where our mission is to serve our members through advocacy, education, and services. Thanks for listening.